Recorded live. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. We thank God for another Wednesday. We thank God for Wednesday, 14th of March, 2018 at 8 o'clock. And this is the Personal Touch International Ministries Bible Study with our pastor, Pastor Apostle Tracy Robinson. And we come to you every Wednesday at this time where we come to study the Word of God. And we just thank God for those of you who are listening now and those who will be listening. We just thank God for another opportunity. I'm Elder Arnetta, and we just thank God for being here. Again, this is Personal Touch International Ministries Bible Study, and I am Elder Arnetta. Our apostle, our pastor is Apostle Tracy Robinson. And we just thank God again for another day. To our Bible study, the topic for tonight is Your Soul Enemies Are Spiritual. And this is part one. There will be part two to this as well. The topic, again, is your soul's enemies are spiritual. And I think that's so important for us to remember because as believers, we can get so caught up in the the natural realm, you know, who don't like me, who looked at me funny, or et cetera, et cetera, and not realizing what we're going through, the battle that we face is in the spirit realm. Ephesians 6 and 12, which is one of our main scriptures, says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Again, that's Ephesians 6 and 12. says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So again, when we talk about our soul's enemies, we are talking about our enemy operates in the realm of the spirit. What we do as far as the, in the natural, the things that we can see, is all motivated by what we can't see, which is the spirit realm. As, as believers, we have to understand that we have an enemy that is serious about our destruction and is determined that we should never become all that the spirit of God said in his word that we could become. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy us. He is not our friend. So the enemy could care less about us. What he's trying to do and what he's always trying to do is try to steal the glory from God. If he can, we're just collateral damage. If we can um, destroy us, if he can, you know, get us to not to be all that God would call us, cause us to be, he would think that that would take the glory away from God. But he's trying to kill us. He's trying to destroy us, and we have to know that. Sometimes, you know, we think the enemy is our friend, but he is not. One of the definitions I'll share is the definition of the word enemy. And there are a few definitions, but I'm just going to use this one. Enemy, hostile unit, hostile force, one seeking to injure or overthrow. Again, enemy is a hostile unit, hostile force, one seeking to injure or overthrow. So, again, we have an enemy who is hostile, who's trying to injure or overthrow us, and we have to know that. We can't play around with the flesh or the things of the enemy. Satan is your soul's enemy. He uses the will of our flesh, and the flesh are those things um, that are contrary to the word of God in a nutshell, but they're listed in Galatians as his battleground and the works of the flesh as his weapon to try to defeat us in our spiritual processing by God. All of us are being um, processed by God. God has taken us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. You know, every day that we live, we get to know more about him as we pray more, as we fast more. And the enemy is trying to come in to get the flesh to come in so we will not be able to process or be able to move forward in what God has for us. The enemy makes us think that he is on our side by helping us to feed the lust of our flesh. Again, those thoughts, ideas that are contrary to the will of God. But the bottom line is that he is set to destroy us and the God in us. He operates in our flesh and is a master at manipulation. He, he is. He's a master at manipulation. For example, he will have us, you know, laughing at jokes. You know, sometimes we'll, we'll start off. Have you ever noticed, like, when you first become a believer, certain things you, you, you stop doing? You know, let's say, for example, maybe laughing at jokes. The whole idea is ultimately is for him to get you um, out of the will of God, 
So what he'll do, he'll have somebody come, for example, and present, you know, a seemingly seemingly harmless joke. And then you'll start laughing at the joke. And then um, you'll start saying certain things out of your mouth, things you weren't said before, but just little things, you know. And those little things will start building up year one, I mean month one, the next month, the next month. Things begin to increase, increase, increase. And before you know it, you are so far away from what God has for you that you don't even realize it. But that's how he starts. He starts small. He's not going to get you maybe to try, um, for example, drugs right away. He'll start with something small and build up. So that's kind of how he does those things. He may not cause you to go right out and start um, committing adultery, but he'll start with, you know, a thought. Oh, wow, you know, my wife or my husband is not as desirable as they used to be. So that thought is in your mind. And then the next thought, oh, you have some woman that, oh, man, that comes by and maybe, you know, start showing you attention. Now the next thought is, wow, that's, this person is showing me more attention than my spouse did. And it just keeps increasing and increasing and increasing. And before you know it, you're in an affair. That's how the enemy operates. The enemy, he has time on his hand. He Time is one of the, you know, in addition to the flesh, of course, but he has time. He has nothing but time. Or he's going to be roaming to and fro the entire earth. That's what he does. He's going to be doing that until time is no more. Our time is limited. His time is not. And he has time to wait on us. That's why it's so important that we pray and seek the Lord um, daily. Um, James 1, 13 and 15 kind of says it. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. And here's the thing, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And this was like the example I was I was showing you, or was, or was explaining. God doesn't tempt us. When we talk about our enemy, our enemy doesn't have any power over us, but we give the enemy power when we operate in the flesh. So the enemy is not all powerful. He, I mean, yeah, he, he decides, decides to kill, steal, and destroy, but he's not all powerful. That's why it says, Scripture says, he go to and fro, you know, seeking whom he may devour. And what is he seeking for? He's seeking for an entrance. You know, a curse without a cause, without light. There's a reason why, okay, that the enemy comes in. James 1, 13, 15 says it. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Our own lust draws us away. And then we become enticed. And then when lust has has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And that's the ultimate goal. The enemy will love to get us to commit, if you're married, to commit adultery, right? So, and then while you're in your adulterous state, then you would die and then be separated from God forever. And there's a, both a natural death and a spiritual death. He would love to get us away from that. He would love to get us to start stealing and on our jobs and, you know, doing things that we shouldn't do. We have to remember that we are being sifted, separated as wheat by the enemy of our soul to keep us from grasping hold and applying the word of God to and in our life on this earth. The constant thing. It's a constant thing. The enemy is doing this, right? St. Luke 22, 31-32, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. And while in this scripture the Lord was talking to Simon, we can apply that to ourselves as well. The enemy would desire to get us out there, would desire to get us to sin, to look stupid, to to um, to look what God, that what God is not what He said He is. Our Paul said, "Preach," you know how the enemy is trying to. Some of us are trying to make God out of a liar. Now, God of out, out of a lie because we're living and we're acting in a certain way that's contrary to the word of God. And that's what the enemy would try to do. We have to settle it in our mind that we have an enemy, that he is not our friend. Nothing, there's nothing good. Even you watch TV sometimes. You think you're watching a wholesome TV show, and before you know it, some thought or some idea or something get in your mind. And I noticed one of the ways that the enemy... Um, I think that is so subtle and it's uh, the 
way he does things, he does it through laughter. You know, you, you're watching something, and before you know it, you start laughing at something that's really uh, sinful, but you don't even realize it because you just start laughing and laughing, and then it takes you a while to realize, wait a minute, this is not funny. But by that time, it's already gotten into your spirit. Satan is the chief agent in temptations and that have been formulated for your life. He knows what he's doing, okay? The problem with Satan is that we can't see him. He operates in our thoughts and in our soul. Our foe is invisible. Going back to Ephesians, that we scripture we started out with, right? We started out with Ephesians kind of letting us know, 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Sometimes we'll get a thought in our mind that's really not even our thought. A thought will come through our mind, but we agree with it, and that's what makes it our thought. That's why the Scripture tells us we have to cast down vain imagination, right, or cast down every thought that's contrary to the Word of God. We have to do that because he'll, he'll make us think something, you know, or feel something that's really not of God, and that's why we have to rebuke it. We have to cast it out. We have to stay focused and keep our mind on the things of God. Okay. But Jesus Christ, <clears throat> well, going back to um, St. Luke 22, 31 and 32, I just read the first part, which is 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But here's the beautiful part about it. What Jesus Christ said to Simon, and he's saying to us, he said, but Jesus Christ has prayed for us. Well, let me back up. St. Luke twenty two thirty two, Jesus said to Simon, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. The thing is, we have the Holy Spirit who is interceding for us. So when we fail, when we do make a mistake, when we do things that are contrary to the word of God, we can get back in line. The problem is not failing. The problem is that when we fail, we stay there. When we wallow in our sin and we wallow in our self-pity. When you find yourself on the wrong side of the Lord, of the Lord, you repent, you keep moving, and you ask the Lord forgive you, and you ask the Lord for more strength. That doesn't mean that you keep doing the same thing over and over again, but it means that we have an advocate with the Father. That's something that the enemy doesn't have. See, the enemy it is over for him. He doesn't have an advocate with the Father. He doesn't have a way out. And his desire is to get us to the point where we don't have a way out either. Well, because And the only way we will not have a way out is if we die or if we give up. And that's what he tries to get us to do. He tries to get us to think that our sin, our problem, the things that we did is so bad that we can't come back to Jesus Christ and that we're, it is over for us, right? So even though we're living, we're still dead. And then his other plan is to get us natural death, where we die, where it's too late for us. But as long as we're living, as long as we have breath in our body, there's always an opportunity. See, this is the thing that the enemy doesn't understand, you know. And, again, you could almost feel sorry for him in a way because he's doing this, he's running to and fro, okay, trying to seek who he may devour. You know, we know he has time, but he's on a leash. The thing is, we have an advocate with the Father. We can go to Jesus Christ anytime. Anytime we can ask for forgiveness. Anytime we can turn away from our sins. The only way, the only time that it's over is if we choose to be over. If we allow it to be over is if we give up. St. Luke twenty-two thirty-two, like Jesus said to the, the apostle, said, But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Jesus <sighs> Christ has prayed for us, and he has sent an advocate. We have an advocate, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11 lets us know, and here's the good part. We are not ignorant of the Satan's devices. See, when we know we have an enemy, the thing is we have to know there are certain sins, there are certain things or certain things that we like. There are certain um, ways that you may fall that I may not fall. So, you know, some people will do anything for money. Some people will do anything for love. People, Some people will do anything for drugs. And see, the enemy know what it is that we like, right? So if I like, um, if, if drugs is my thing, then he's going to use drugs. 
if money is your thing, he's going to use money, you know. He's going to put um, different um, tests. That's what I'm saying. He try, He knows which test to set up, you know. If you like him tall, dark, and handsome, he's going to send tall, dark, and handsome. If you like him um, kind of chubby and short, he's going to send chubby and short. Whatever it is, he knows. See, the thing is, we don't have to be ignorant. We just have to bring ourselves to Jesus Christ and begin to ask the Lord, show me the areas and where the enemy might try to overtake me. What areas where there may be the enemy may try to um, come in or where there's a stronghold. And all we have to do is bring that to Jesus Christ. All we have to do is confess, ask the Lord to help us. Lord, give us a plan. Right? We don't have to fear the enemy. We don't have to fear that we're going to fall. We don't have to fear, live our lives, you know, looking over our shoulder. The enemy is not that 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 powerful. He gets in because we allow him in. A curse without a cause without light. The thing is, there's a door that's open. Once we take that door to Jesus Christ, once we begin to say, hey, Lord, I know this is, I have this particular habit. Whenever I feel under stress, I may find myself wanting to cheat on my spouse. Lord, help me. Help me to figure out how... Give me the plan. What do I need to do to close that door? You know, uh, and the Lord will show you. You know, He'll pray, you, praying and fasting. We do that, but the Lord will show us us because the enemy have a, has that special plan, that certain plan that he thinks that will work with you, that will work with me, and it may be different for each of us. But the bottom line, he desires to kill, steal, and destroy. And as for me, you, a grandmother, everybody, it doesn't matter. It can be a little baby. He'll try to kill, steal, and destroy their little baby before they get to the point where they even know Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important as parents that you pray over your children. But even though, that's what his plan is, okay? So as I said, as believers, we don't have to go around being afraid of Satan. We have the greater one in us, okay? We have Jesus Christ in us as believers, we have Jesus Christ in us. We have the power, the Holy Spirit in us. We just have to rely on it. We just have to use it. We just have to activate it in our lives and be honest. You know, a lot of times we try to, it's no need to pretend to be in a place where you're not because you don't have to be. Or you as a believer, you're strong enough to handle anything the enemy comes your way. The thing is, you just have to be on the Lord's side. You have to invoke the name of Jesus, but not just Jesus, 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 but you have to have a lifestyle. You have to have an honest lifestyle. You have to have a lifestyle in where you rely on Jesus Christ, not necessarily being perfect per se, especially when you start out. But the thing is, you just have to know where to go to get the help, and that's through Jesus Christ. You don't let pride or um, cause you to repent or don't let feeling bad cause you to repent or, you know, make you feel that it's over because it's never over. It, it never is. Okay? Um, St. Matthew ten twenty eight, and it says, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear them which is able, fear him, I'm sorry, which is able to destroy, to destroy both soul and body in hell. And that's Jesus Christ. And let me read that again. Say Matthew ten twenty eight, And fear not them which kill the body, you know, just the human beings, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body. And that is Jesus Christ. That's God himself. That's who we need to fear. And when we fear not being, you know, terrified, but have that reverence. That hello. That we can have that reverential fear, that reverential respect. That's what we need to have. So you don't have to again be fearful of the enemy. The thing is, we just need to cling to Jesus Christ. The more we cling to Jesus Christ, the more we cling to the Word of God, then the less we'll be worried about the, the Jesus Christ. Satan has already been defeated. Are there any questions or comments? Amen, Elder. Uh, one question here. You had mentioned a while back that the enemy was invisible. Amen. How can the saint recognize him when he comes? Like you say, he, he has many disguises. You say sometimes we find ourselves laughing at stuff. How can we recognize that this thing is the devil, this is the flesh, amen, and this is not of God? Amen. 
Amen, Elder. I think for me, the way I would answer that, what the scripture tells us to meditate on things that are good and pure. And I pull that scripture up. And to me, if it's not, if it's contrary, if the thought is contrary to the Bible, if it's contrary to the word of God, then I know that's not a good thought or that's not something that I should be laughing at. You know, um, if I see, you know, uh, I'm watching, say, for example, a TV show, and they're talking about, you know, adultery, and they're making a joke about it. Well, I know the scripture is against adultery, so that's not something I should want to be laughing at, you know, um, because once I start laughing at it, then I get used to it. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when people do all of that cursing, you know, and sometimes people, the way they put, they talk and they put the curse words together, it may make you chuckle, but the thing is, it's kind of like, okay, wait a minute. That's not funny because that's not glorifying God. So to me, if the thought is not glorifying God, and if the thought leads to a behavior that's not glorifying God, then I know that's not con- then that's contrary to the Word of God. You know, because sometimes we don't um, realize it. You know, sometimes, you know, you may be listening to something, and it may be something, you know, you walk away, and maybe a few hours later you realize that thing is in your mind, that it's, it's in your thoughts. It's like, oh, my goodness, I didn't, you know, think that would stick with me like that. So sometimes you may not realize it, but once you realize it, that's when you have to say, okay, well, okay, Lord, i got to get this out of my mind. i got to put something pure, you know, in my thought pattern. So that's how I would recognize it. I don't know if anybody else have any other comments or questions, I mean, you know, concerning that. But that's how I would recognize it. It's just line up the thoughts, the feelings, behaviors with the Word of God. And if it's contrary to the Word of God, then I know that's not something I should be um, continuing to meditate on. Amen. That's a very good example that you gave there. Amen. I agree with you also. But that that well, I, I guess uh, also, although I would also add to that myself is what if it's a new convert? Because see now, you and I know that because we're seasoned, we're we're, we're maturing in this gospel, and you know, and many others will. But then again, they are subject to laugh at that stupidity too, because there's a um there's a new show that comes on that I saw that started coming on the TV or I don't know how long it's been on. I looked at it myself about, I would say about a month ago and it's called living biblically. Well, of course, when you listen at the title, you think that's the, Oh, well, God, they got something getting ready to come on the TV. You know, they're talking about, you know, living righteously and stuff. And, and of course it's a comedy show. You know, and so and and what they've done is they've taken this this man to what I could understand from watching it that one time. They've taken this man who's living. Um, he's Catholic and he goes into that little boot and you know he talks to the father and all that the priest that is and uh, the priest supposed to be making intercession for him and everything, which of course is under the law. You no longer live under the law. But the thing is, is that, you know, they make jokes about, you know, how he comes to him and he makes confessions about this and that, this lie he told on his job. And then on his job, he's back on his job talking about, oh, my goodness, I, I, got, to, I got to try and act like I'm, I'm, I'm really liking so-and-so, one of the coworkers that he despises and stuff. And then he's, like, trying to hold his breath. And then he got this little cross or something in his hand. Anyway, it's just a bunch of foolishness is what it is. They're not giving out no scriptures. They're not giving out anything. And most people, you know, and I could also even bring it in a little bit closer than that, the the, the comedians, the, you know, the, the so-called, um, um, what do they call them, the um, spiritual comedians, yeah, the comedians. And stuff like that. That 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 is a form. That is a, a form of joking and jesting, you know. And the Bible talks against joking and jesters, you know. So therefore, if you don't know the word to know that, if you haven't studied the word to understand and know that, that that leads into you know just the works of the flesh or things that's going to lead into uh, things that are ungodly, then you you have just think you know well it's okay for us to laugh and, and, and you know and stuff like that, but how can you find salvation funny to that extent? I mean, how can you find laughing at the saints that are being, that are praising the Lord, hopefully in being delivered, you know, praise is, 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 a, is, a, is, is what we use also as part of our deliverance, but how can you find a joke in that? 
You know, in other words, you're basically laughing at what God is doing to that individual, people mimicking stuff like that. You know, and like like you said earlier, we mess around and find ourselves laughing at that kind of stuff. And though it's not funny, you know, because it's really like a ridicule toward the the, the will of God and the thing that God is doing. And like I said, but to a new convert, that's something that they're 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 you know coming into salvation, and they may not understand and know that that stuff is not funny. You know, it's not in it's not it should not be funny because those things will get in your spirit, and they will take you. You know, you'll walk off, and that stuff will begin to minister to you. You'll begin to find other areas, other things that are, you know, similar, begin to laugh at it and stuff like that, and you'll think there's no harm to it. But there is harm to it in your spirit and towards your spirit. That's true. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. Because there's so much stuff out here that you can it's pick a lot. up and don't even realize it. It's a lot. And you got to really, you got to really know what you're watching to know what, that you are not crossing that line called error, you know, because it, it, it's just so much out there that the enemy, you know, and and the way the Lord gave it to me that 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 the the form of godliness, the tradition and religion, and the things that that mankind has accepted, ever learning, never coming into the knowledge of the truth, denying the power of God, not studying, not praying, you know, not praising God, except not fellowshipping with God's people, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the things that have caused man's soul to be masked. It's, it's, it's M-A-S-K. It's M-A-S-K-E-D. It's been masked with those things that, that sold to the point that the gospel is almost hidden from them. You know, and and it's sad to say, and it's only going to take the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the only somebody that is powerful enough to come in and and undo, defeat, destroy those things that have come into this world, this earth realm. Amen, and just mask the soul of mankind. And and, in that form of godliness, Lord have mercy, you know, that that too is our soul's enemy, and people don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. Because you're right, you hit the nail on the head, Apostle, because you have so many saints now. It's like they've just been that form of godliness and so mixed in with the world that nothing bothers anybody now, just about. No, it don't. It really don't. And I mean, and they, and then they will they will try and give you a scripture to back them up into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really sad, and and like I said, and it's just so much out there that people have have, have the soul of man. I'll say the soul of man has gotten so far away from the righteousness of God, the holiness of God, the, the, the just the fellowship of God, to be able to come before him in fellowship. You know, I, I don't knock the people on Facebook, but they need to get processed by this gospel so they won't feel like they need a little soapbox on, the, on, on Facebook to begin to start using that for their calling, so to speak. You know, but the thing is, they 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 just you know. I watch some of these people, and and you know, you getting ready to go before a holy God. You licking your lips, and you making sure your nails is right while you waiting on everybody to log in on Periscope and Facebook. And, you know, and you fixing your hair, and you know, and you touching your face and all that. But you getting ready to go before a holy God. Yeah. And you sit there talking about, Lord, I thank you, and Lord, I praise you. And, you know, and you primping and go, uh-uh-uh. You're giving a bad image, you know. There's nothing about that setup will attract me to, to make me think that God is going to even hear anything that you're going to say. Nothing that you're getting ready to do or say can make me believe that because of the, the, the preparation that you got going on, what you got doing, you know, how you preparing yourself. And then you got people watching you that you want these people to see you go before a holy God in such a manner. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and it's just sad. It's just really sad. Stop. No, little girl. It's just really sad on how on how things are being done and portrayed that God will permit and that God allows. And God don't allow anything. And because of, you know, because of the fact that people are not taught the way they need to be taught, they're not listening, they're not actually picking up on, you know, the the righteousness of God to be able to do what they to be able to do what they need to do and stuff, y'all, please forgive. Please forgive my granddaughter in the background here. But, I mean, and it is so amazing. 
It is so amazing. Go find your granddad. It is so amazing to me how, you know, people do things and stuff like that. And, and like I said, and they're portraying, they're portraying, you know, that this is God. God is going to accept this from me. All you got to do is watch me and see how I do this. And God accepts me. And he's going to accept you. He says that be ye holy for I am holy. Right. Amen. He requires holiness. He has standards. And he don't veer or take down from his word. If his word says that, that's what he requires and he expects. Mm-hmm. But everybody wants to be seen and everybody wants to be the first to say this and first to do that, or they want to do something that's so, you know, so uh, liking, in other words, so that man, the will of man will like what they do. All of these things are our soul's enemies. Those are the invisible things that, that we don't see. Those are the practice things that we do. Those are the things that we have inhabited ourselves in doing so much that we have come to the conclusion in believing that we are right and, and, and we're not right. We, we were up, going up a wrong path here and not even realizing it, you know. So I, I tell you, it's just amazing. I love the I love this subject. I really do. I love this study because, like I said, we need to put that information out there to people that to, to let them know your your soul has an enemy. Your soul has somebody, you know, or or a spirit that is using people to come and try and pull you away from the Father. Yes, the battle is between God and the devil. And like you said, what was that word you used the first time when you first came on? We're like, uh, um, I forgot the word that you used, but it was a good word that you used. In other words, we, we're, we're like, uh, uh, we're not a decoy or anything, but the word you first used when you first came on as to who we really are in this process, that, that's, that's what we are. We just, we're not, we don't have any say-so or authority in nothing that's being done in these lives that we have on this earth. And that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. But pawns, I think that was the word I used, but that's what I meant. The enemy that could care less about us, he's trying to get to Jesus. That's it. That's it. He don't, he don't care nothing about us. All he wants to do is to be able to make God look bad, to be able to say, I told you, God. And, 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 and like I said, and that he, has, he has a vendetta against God, and the battle is between him and God. That's why mankind needs to realize that, that there's nothing we can do. You're either going to serve God or the devil. That's true. Why That's do true. I say that and how do I know? Because God made us free will, free will agents. But the thing is, and the devil knows that. He knows that. So, therefore, whenever we, he knows and he sees our reaction and our actions toward what God requires us to do, the minute he sees that rebellion, the minute he sees that disobedience, the minute he sees that, oh, this is a hard old way, that mannerism, he automatically knows that he is the next in line to receive that choice of what you don't want to do. Right. Because there's nothing in between. It's God or the devil. When we reject God and disobey God, the devil's right there saying, I'm up. My turn now. That, that, that's it. That's it. It was collateral damage was the word I was saying. Yes, yes. I, I like that word, collateral damage. That, that's what we are. That's basically what we are. Mm-hmm. That's it. But, Amen. That's so we just got to understand it because they, you know, but Satan has already been defeated and humbled by Christ Jesus. So like you said, he don't have no power. We have to follow the scriptures to, you know, we got to pray. We got to repent when we wrong, fast, you know. We have to, you know, do what the scripture tells us to do, determine whenever we find ourselves out of line, get back in line so we won't give the enemy no foothold. You know, we can't walk around with things in our mind and our thoughts that we know are contrary to the word of God. And even as a new believer, you have the scriptures. If you just read the scriptures, the scriptures will tell you, you know, what you should and shouldn't be thinking, you know, what will help us. And the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us into all truth. That's true. That's true. Um, So we can do that. We just got to go to him daily because Colossians 2.15 says that having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So Jesus Christ is all-powerful. So the thing is, it is done. Revelation 12 and 9, it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. 
he was cast out, cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So the thing is, we don't have nothing. The enemy is is, is done. It's finished. We just kind of have Amen. to know that. Amen. We just Amen. Have to know that. Uh, like also, enemies are spiritual, and I'm going to just close with the scripture that we um, started with Ephesians six and twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And we just have to know, realize that, that what we're wrestling with, and that it's no joke, it's no game. He's not, he's not our friend. It's nothing funny, nothing humorous, and, you know, that's just one way. But he's not our friend, and we have to know that, you know. So um, any other comments or questions? Because if not, we're going to close it out. Amen. Elder, before you do, before you close it out, I looked up that scripture that talks about the joking and the, and the gesturing. Um, in, in case anybody wanted to know where it is, it's in Ephesians chapter five, verse four. Five and four. Mhm. I'm trying to see if I can. Uh... There was one more that was there. I thought it was in Timothy, but and there's another one in Proverbs twenty six and nineteen that talks about digesting. Foolish business forbidden, so Amen, and that and that's what these a lot of these shows and stuff brings in to the, to the eye gate of the saints if they don't watch themselves. They're not mindful of what the word says. They'll think, like you said, it's just harmless, but it's really harmful. Amen, amen. And I looked at one of as I was t- sitting here, Ephesians five and four, and the Amplified. So let there be no filthiness and silly talk, or coarse, obscene, or vulgar joking. Because such mm-hmm. things are not appropriate for believers, but instead yep. speak of your thankfulness to God. That's right. That's right. And that amplified opened that up very good. And I tell you, like I said, it's all it's all in the book. And that's one thing that we, as believers, <clears throat> we need to make sure that we know what the word says. And <clears throat> and a lot of us <clears throat> rather have somebody else to just. Paraphrase, paraphrase something to us than to actually study. And then we're walking around here with a paraphrased thought of what we think is a scripture because so-and-so said so, or my pastor said this, or, and, and um, the elder said this, and the minister or the teacher said this. But that's why it pays for us to study. Amen. We study together, but it also pays to study alone so you will know what the word of God requires of you and know what it actually says. You know, and like I said, when you go to depending on on mankind too much because the scripture tells us to put no trust in man because, see, mankind will take this word and, and, and separate it and dilute it themselves. Just because they're trying to get an audience or somebody else to to agree with what they believe. That's true. That's true. Amen. Amen. And, and and like I said, this you know we got a we got a long road ahead of us. Amen. And when I say us, I'm speaking in terms of personal touch international ministry. We got a long road ahead of us, but the the do's and the don'ts that the Spirit of the Lord has already equipped us with and given us, amen, the process of what he requires and how he requires the word of God to to be brought to his people and the souls of his people so that he can deliver them has been very specific with us. And, And therefore, and that's the route that we go. You know, we don't go no other way. We don't compromise. We won't. We will not compromise, and we're not about trying to pet nobody's feelings. We we gonna call a spade a spade, amen. If it's black, it's black. If it's white, it's white. And I'm not talking race. I'm just using color here, amen. So, but yeah, but we we are in a in a in this this thing is very serious. God is very serious about what He wants done. And he's very serious about how we should carry ourselves in order to attract the souls of his people on this earth. And the devil is just as serious. 
about making sure that we don't do the will of God on this earth so that we will not be able to make it to heaven and hear God say, well done. So I tell you, our soul's enemy, you know, this is a serious battle. Yes, the battle is between God and the devil. And, 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 you know, like you said, you know, we, we're, we're in this thing, but we're not in this thing fighting. God has to bring us to a point to process us, to get us to a certain place in him that he can use us as weapons, amen, against the enemy also. Amen. 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 But this was a good lesson, though. That, that was good. I, I appreciate you. You know, it's good, very good. Thank God for you, um, Apostle, and for Elder and all the saints listening. And uh, no other comments. We're going to pray and close out. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this Bible study. We thank you, Lord God, for our Apostle. We thank you for our Elder. We thank you, Lord God, for every soul that's on the line. We thank you, Lord God, for letting us know that the enemy, that we have a real enemy, Lord God. But we thank you to know that we have a real God in you and that the enemy, Lord, won't be able to overtake us, won't be able to get over on us, won't be able to get us down as long as we um, rest and rely on you. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for everyone, as I said on the line. Bless, strength, and encourage. Bless people the rest of the week. Bless their family members, Lord. Give them the desires of their heart, Lord God. Give us more strength, Lord God, more strength to make it, more strength to yield to you, Lord God. Give us a hunger and a desire for righteousness, a hunger and a desire, Lord God, for more of you, Lord God. Take away, Lord God, any desire that we would have that's contrary to you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you.